do we begin? A year ago, these uh, cops and lawyers wouldn't dare cross any of you. I mean, what happened? So what are you proposing? It's simple. Kill the Batman. <laughs> Here's my card. Bruce, this is Harvey Dent. Rachel's told me everything about you. Well, I certainly hope not. You almost told me that we'd be together. Did you mean it? Bruce, don't make me your only hope for normal life. You're Alfred, right? That's right, sir. Any psychotic ex-boyfriends I should be aware of? Oh, you have no idea. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Well, hello, beautiful. You look nervous. I've seen how it would have to become to stop men like him. The night is darkest just before the dawn. I promise you, the dawn is coming. And here we Go. Come on. This city deserves a better class of criminal. I'm gonna give it to him. No! You'll see. I'll show you. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Middle of the day, Alfred. Not very subtle. The Lamborghini, then. Much more subtle. Good morning, One Church, and welcome to At the Movies. We're going to have a great time today uh, looking at um, the spiritual messages found in The Dark Knight. How many of y'all saw the movie The Dark Knight? All right, that's two of us. All right, raise, bring the house lights up. Raise your hand. All right, cool. I give it two thumbs up and a big toe. I heard that. Ew. All right. Before we uh, get into uh, deep of uh, the sermon, let me just ask you some just some trivia questions about Batman. Does anybody know the year that the Batman character was created in the comic book? 1967 was a great year, but that was not it. All right. <clears throat> but now I think earlier. Okay, you're, we're in the 60s. You need to go back a couple. Ooh, 1939. You nailed that one on the head. You either were here first service. All righty, she was. All right. You can't answer any more questions. You're done. All right. Uh, who played, this is an easy one, who played Batman in the 1960s, 70s? George. Anybody know this? Adam West. All right, cool. And what is Adam West known for today? The Family Guy. That's exactly right. Very good. Um, let's give you another one. Who created... Let's do this. I don't know what's next. Uh, who was credited uh, for creating Batman? Somebody at first service said Stan Lee. And I said, he created a lot of characters, but not Batman. He's Marvel. This is DC. Bob Kane created Batman. 
Uh, anybody know the, the, the names of um, uh, Bruce Wayne's folks? Mr. and Mrs. Wayne. That's what I got for service. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a little bit deeper. All right. It is Thomas and Martha Wayne. And last one. This will be easy, at least the first name. Who was Bruce Wayne's butler? Alfred. Anybody know his last name? Beagle. Alfred Beagle. All right. Today we're going to uh, look at the dark night. It's going to be really cool because this was a great movie. It was a classic good versus evil, hero versus villain. And at some point in the movie, you didn't know quite the hero but kind of becomes the villain. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to ruin it for you. But Batman dies. Um, um, <clears throat> I'm just joking. Um, one of the things that I liked about it, and, and guys, isn't this true? What makes a good movie, what made this a good movie is stuff blew up. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you get stuff blowing up, and I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. All right? Batman, if you think about it, is timeless. He's kind of changed over the years. Um, like this. This, is, this was Batman. This was Adam West. This is what our worship leader, Josh Woodleaf, would look like in a leotard, right there. Um, I, now, I'll tell you what, I, like if, if I took off my shirt, this is what I would look like. Let me show you this one. There it is, right there. All right. Right. Yeah. All right. He's changed a lot of the years. And not only has Batman, the costume, changed, but uh, another thing that's changed is his gizmos, his toys, like the Batmobile. Y'all remember the old Batmobile, don't you? Um, I mean, it was like, yeah. here's a picture of it. Um, it's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of all right. Looks like my mom's Cadillac, you know. Anyway, but now, I'm, guys, what guy has not coveted this next vehicle right here? Come on now. You know why I like this vehicle? You can blow stuff up. You know what I mean? I mean, just really, really cool. He's in, here's the thing I like about Batman. Batman has no superpowers. But he just believe he believes that one person can make a difference. And you know what's so cool about us as Christians is I believe you know I got no superpowers, you got no superpowers, but I believe that we can make a difference in our society. You know Bruce Wayne had no powers, but he believed he could make a difference, and he put all of his money, all of his resources behind that. And that's the reason I, I think it's really cool. The Dark Knight opens up with Gotham City being ravaged by crime. Uh, the new uh, criminals in town, the Joker, who you saw kind of pictures uh, earlier of. And uh, he is, I mean, he, his main point, his thrust is really, it's, it's, it's to kill the Batman. It's, it's to get Batman. And in fact, at one point in the movie, he says this. He says, I am going to kill person, uh, a person every day unless Batman shows his true identity. And, uh, and really, everything just kind of breaks loose. And in this next clip we're going to watch is um, a uh, press conference called by the district attorney. His name is Harvey Dent. And he's just trying to calm the citizens of Gotham City down because everybody is just freaked out. They're angry at the Joker, but they're even really angrier at Batman because Batman is not coming forward and revealing his true identity. Let's watch this. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming. I've called this press conference for two reasons. Firstly, to assure the citizens of Gotham that everything that can be done over the Joker killings is being done. Secondly, because the Batman is off to turn himself in. But first, let's consider the situation. Should we give in to this terrorist demands? Do we really think that he's going to... Rather protect an outlaw vigilante than the lives of citizens? 
So Batman is an outlaw. But that's not why we're demanding he turn himself in. We're doing it because we're scared. We've been happy to let the Batman clean up our streets for us until now. Things are worse than ever! Yes, they are. The night is darkest just before the dawn. And I promise you, the dawn is coming. One day, the Batman will have to answer for the laws he's broken. But to us, not to this madman. No more dead cops! Yeah. What we see here is that Gotham City is really, they're at their breaking point. They're at the point where they don't know which, win is up, which end is up, and they're just frustrated, they're angry. Um, at that moment when things really doesn't seem like it could get any worse, it seems like sometimes it does. And they're just, Harvey Dent makes that statement, the night is darkest just before the dawn. That just before sunrise, it's the darkest. Have you ever had one of those moments? Have you ever had one of those moments where you just couldn't take any more of this? Have you ever had any one of those moments that you just think, you know, it can't get any worse? And if one more thing happens, I promise, and you fill in the blank. You just get to the point where, you know, you just don't know. It's a breaking point. It's you, you being bent, and somebody's bending you and bending you and bending you until if, you, if you're bent well, just one more time, you're going to snap. You're going to break in two. You know, we all have breaking points in life. There's that moments where you just, you just it can't get any worse. Have you ever had one of those moments? Gotham City was there. It just couldn't get any worse. Some of you are having a breaking point right now in your life. Some of it may be financially. Financially, you just don't know how you're going to do it. Christmas is coming, you don't know where the money's going to come from. You don't know where money for the gifts are going to come from. And you're just, you're struggling financially. You have big question marks. How am I going to pay for and fill in the blank? Some of you, you want to buy presents this year, but you're still paying on credit card payments from last year for Christmas. Uh, maybe it's from medical bills. Oh, this has been an awful week for me. I'll tell you. I've been angry most of the week, if you just don't mind me being honest with you. Um, we got, uh, uh, we, we had some unexpected medical bills come in this week. And uh, health insurance was supposed to take care of them. And because of the way the hospital billed, it caused our deductible to kick in. And there's just this, we got all these bills. And we're just like, we thought it was taken care of, and it's not. And just, Angry. I mean, I've been spent most of my week ticked. Ask my wife. Just mad. Maybe you're at a breaking point like that. Maybe for you, uh, just just marriage. You know, you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for your spouse to come home from this deployment, and they're here and they're different. And you're different. You just don't know what you're going to do. The person you married and that you knew before he left, a different person, and you've changed. They've had different experiences, and so have you. Different life experiences, and you're like, you're just different. And you don't know if you're going to last. Maybe that one person wants to work on the marriage, get the marriage better, and the other person wants out of the marriage. One person wants to go through counseling, and the other one wants divorce. 
Um, you just don't know which end is up, and you think, I am at a breaking point. I just can't take it anymore. Um, maybe a job. You're just struggling in your job, and you're just like, you know, I just I feel like that I, 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 I go from one job to the next job to the next job, and everybody's against me and all of that, whatever, and you just, you're at a breaking point. Or maybe you're trying to find a job. And trying to find a job right now is difficult because of the economy. You're at a breaking point. Maybe you're a mother of a preschooler and you gave birth to these children, you love these children, but you just want them to go away for a couple of days. This past, uh, yesterday, I spent the day with our three children and uh, I wanted to drink afterwards. Um, I did not drink, um, but, uh, but I, I mean, and I think my wife does this day in and day out. Praise God for her. Um, but it's just frustrating. You just, you just get, you know, you're not up to here. You're up to here. And you just don't know. Maybe you're, you're a teen, you have a teenager and every day is a drama. And you just don't know what's going to happen. You're at a breaking point. Holidays are here and you've lost a loved one. You're at a breaking point. What do you do? Let me give you some facts about breaking points. Let me give you the first one. They're just a part of life. You will have, or you have had, or it's coming, you're going to have a breaking point. Because breaking points are a part of life. Problems are a part of life. And maybe you're not there right now. Maybe things are great right now. You know what? Enjoy it because it's coming. Seriously. Because breaking points are a part of life. Let me give you another fact about breaking points. When you feel like you're about to break down, you're also at the moment when you're about to break through. When you feel like you're about to break down, that you, it couldn't get any lower, it couldn't get any worse. When you feel that way, you're at the point of breakthrough. You know, these are usually defining moments in our lives. For those of you who have maybe lived a little bit longer, isn't it true when you look back on those moments and you feel like I, it could not get any worse and you wanted to throw in the towel, then you know what? That wasn't the breakdown moment. That was the breakthrough moment. And that you look back on that experience and that has defined you. It has been a change in your life. You, I mean, it's a defining moment. I'll share with you those at one church. Um, I like, always like sharing my problems and my past. One of our breakthrough moments, um, I was uh, pastoring a church, and uh, m my wife and our children and I, we got booted out of the church because of one family was in charge, and they wanted power. And I didn't want power. I just wanted to tell people about Jesus. And the church started growing, and they were just like, we don't want, you know, it was just the weirdest thing. And it, that, that was a huge struggle for us. That was a breaking point for us in a lot of ways. And I questioned, I asked God, why? Why did, you, why did you do this? You know, why? And you trust in Him, and I was trusting, and why did you allow this to happen? I, you know, I didn't do anything wrong in this situation. I've done things wrong in many other situations, but not in this one. Why, why, why? And we asked ourselves these questions, and I really found out looking back, that was a breakthrough point, not a breaking point. Let me tell you what 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says. This was a dude written by the name of Paul, and he writes this. He says this, every test, everybody say the word every. Every test 
that you have experienced is the kind that, what's that next word? Hear me. Breaking points are part of life. It's just normal. Every test that you've experienced is the kind that normally comes to people. You're experiencing some tests, some trials, some problems, some adversities. I mean, you're experiencing some of that stuff. It's normal. It's part of life. Look at this next part. But God keeps His promise. What's His promise? He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And He will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to remain firm. Your breaking point won't break you. God won't allow it. Look at this. At the next time, excuse me, at the time you are put to the test, He will give you the strength to endure. Everybody say the word endure. Endure means you don't quit. Endure. Remember that word. You give the strength to endure it and so provide you with a way out. You don't feel like you can hang in there any longer? God is saying, listen, you're not at a breaking point. You're at a breakthrough point. But you've got to endure. Galatians 6 time, we actually preached on this verse last week, but it just kind of fit in this, so I'm going to do it again. Galatians 6 9 says, so let's not get tired. Anybody tired? You just get tired. Let's not... Let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time, everybody say just the right time. At just the right time, He will give you, look at this, He will reap, you will reap a harvest of blessing, and look at this next part, if. If what? You don't give up. If you don't give up. Breaking points will become breakthrough points if you don't give up. Why? Because at just the right time, that's what Galatians 6 9 is saying. At just the right time, our breaking points will become breakthrough points if you don't give up. That's our big idea for today. Let's say it. Breaking points will become breakthrough points if you don't give up. You can't give up because at the right time, at just the right time. Now, here's the problem. God's just the right time and Chris's just the right time are two different wavelengths. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I want it now. And you're the same way, if you like me. All right? You want it now. We all have this idea of, of a fast food God. You want it your way right away. Right? And you want it now. <laughs> God's timing is not my timing. And that can be so frustrating. We want things fixed now, but that's not the way God works. God will fix it. Things are going to get better, but at just the right time. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Our temptation is when we read verses like this one in the first grade, we blow it off. How does, I mean, come on, that's a Sunday school answer. That's a church answer. This person doesn't know what I'm going through. This person who wrote this didn't lose their job. This person who wrote this hasn't experienced tough times. Really? Well, let me tell you who wrote this. God wrote the Bible, but the fellow who actually was the hand writing this his name was Paul. And Paul didn't always used to be called Paul. His name used to be called Saul. Saul, let me tell you about Saul's business. He, what he loved doing is he loved killing Christians. He loved going into town and finding Christians and throwing some in prison, killing some, and breaking up families. He wanted to wipe the earth clean of Christians. That was Saul. That was his lifestyle. But as he was riding his horse towards Damascus, this town, he was going to kill a bunch of Christians there. And he has a breaking point. 
he meets Jesus Christ. He meets Jesus Christ, and he has this vision of Jesus, and when he sees Jesus, he becomes blind. That's a breaking point right there. You may be in tough, tough problems right now, but you can at least see, right? He was, he was blind. And he is going, he's stumbling into town, the town that he was going to kill. He's stumbling through town, can't see, and he ends up at a house of a Christian. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Who is it? It's Saul. Honey, where's the 45? You know? Let me in. So, and God's going, it's okay, let him in. And he lets him in, and Paul, he comes in, and after those three days of being blind, he has this relationship with Jesus. He begins this relationship with Jesus, and God heals him. That's a breaking point, people. And at that point, it was such a breaking point, such a defining moment in Saul's life that God changed his name to Paul, and Paul said, it's my mission now. I'm going to go to all of these countries, all these cities, all of these, uh, all, and I'm going to tell people about Jesus, and I'm going to start churches. I'm going to plant churches. So, and you're thinking, well, why did God strike him blind? Why did God do it? Let me tell you, and this is a great quote. It's on the screen by A.W. Tozer. God cannot use someone greatly until he's hurt them deeply. God wanted to use Paul. He wanted to use Paul greatly. But God cannot use someone greatly until he has hurt them deeply. So God starts using this guy named Paul, and he starts going to all these different towns, and he goes to this one town called Lystra, and he starts telling people about Jesus. In Acts 14, verse 19, I'm going to read you what happens. He is at Lystra. He's telling them about Jesus. And then some of the Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the town, thinking he was dead. Now, let me tell you what stoning was. Paul wasn't stoned like on drugs. All right? Paul, what it was is when they stoned you, they would throw you in a pit. So they took him outside the city. They threw him in it like a ditch or a pit. They get a stone about this big, and they throw it on your chest. If that doesn't kill you, then they take other stones, not pebbles, mind you, but baseball, softball, and they start chucking them at you. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a bad day. I've been verbally assaulted, this and that. I have never been thrown stones at. That's a bad day. That's a breaking point. He gets the mess beat out of him for telling other people about Jesus. He gets dragged out this, outside the city, and everybody thinks he's dead. But I'm going to finish reading the verse. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into town. But think about this. Is that crazy or what? He got back up, and he's limping. Got probably got a black eye. He's bleeding. He's limping back into the town that just tried to kill him. That's not giving up. That's not quitting. Paul experienced a breaking point, but it didn't break him. It became a breakthrough point because he chose not to give up. And he wiped himself off, and he got back up. Are you getting beat down? Get back up. Is life hard? Brush yourself hard. Brush yourself off and get back up. Don't quit. Persevere. Endure. Because God cannot use someone greatly until he's hurt them deeply. 
Get back on your feet and tell yourself, this can change. My circumstances can change. My marriage can change. The job situation can change. The financial situation can change because God can change me. Get back up. Don't quit. That, so if you think, you know, what, what does Paul know? If you think the person who wrote those Galatians and Corinthians, I'm telling you, he, he's been through rougher stuff than you or I have. Many times when we go through those breaking points, so we ask the question, why? Why, God? Why is this happening to me? Anybody done that? Man, when I was going through our, our breaking point, I was asking, why, God? Why did you allow that to happen? In fact, we're going to answer that question today. Why? Because at the time, you just don't know why. You, you get frustrated. I was frustrated. I started questioning God. Man, do I, man, this is just tough. Why, God? Let's fast forward the life of Paul. Let's go through a couple of chapters ahead, and let's look at Acts 16. And we're going to look at Paul experiencing another breaking point. At this point in his ministry, Paul is, well, guess what he's doing? He's going to different towns, and he's telling other people about Jesus. He's starting churches. And he has a ministry buddy with him. His name is Silas. So Paul and Silas go, and they're telling other people about Jesus. And verse 22 says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. I wonder how come when people preach every Sunday all around our town that they go to sleep, but when Paul preached, mobs came and tried killing him. That's an interesting one. All right. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Dear Lord. That's a bad day. That's a breaking point. I mean, wooden rods. I mean, rocks. Bam! Whack him on the head. On the back. Behind the calves. He's getting beaten and beaten and beaten. Then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So he took no chances but put them in the inner dungeon. This ain't county. All right? They didn't get locked up in county. This is, this is, this is high security. All right? They get in the inner dungeon and their, their, their feet and clamp their feet in stocks. Paul and Silas are having a breaking point, another breaking point. How did they respond? How would you respond? You've done nothing wrong except tell other people about Jesus. And you get beaten and thrown into prison. How would, you, would, you, would you demand your rights? Would you get angry? Would you get ticked? Would you get angry at your captors? Let me tell you how Paul and Silas responded. That's it. By the way, all those things I said, that's how I would respond. Let's see how Paul and Silas responded. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Man, they're praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Paul and Silas were at a breaking point, and what did they do? They took... They took their problems to God. They're praying and they're singing to God. I mean, when problems happen, where did they take their problems to? To God. You take it to God. When you take your big problems, and they had big problems, didn't they? I mean, they are incarcerated. They are beaten. Those are big problems. And they take those big problems to a bigger God. And you know what happens to big problems when you take them to a bigger God? After a while, you've hung out with the bigger God so much, those big problems don't look that big anymore. So they take their big problems to a bigger God, and they're singing, and they're praying, 
Man, i got to tell you what happens when you take big problems to a bigger God. Let me give you just another situation in my life. I told you I've been angry all week because of medical things. This Thursday, I went to go visit um, a lady in her home who's 37 years old. I'm 37 years old. Um, 37 years old, and she has cancer. She is serving uh, the U.S. military. and um, We came in, and I ended up talking to her, and we prayed with her, and... Um, She's fighting it. She's taking the drugs. She's taking the chemo, and it's just knocking her down, but she's getting back up. She's enduring. She's persevering. We talked to about an hour in her home, and I, we talked about Jesus Christ, and she just she started tearing up, and she says, that's who I want in my life. And she gave her heart and her life to Jesus Christ. And uh, I left there, literally. I was praying to God, and I was saying, because I told you I was angry about my medical problems my medical bills early in the week. And God just went, says, you think you got problems, Chris? This is a lady who's just your age. She has cancer. Man, I'm like, you're right. And I just, I start praising God. Because we both met a big God that day. And when you meet a big God with your big problems, those big problems get smaller. It says the end of verse 25 says they were listening. Isn't it amazing? I want to read that. Put, put that up on the screen if you would again, Cindy. They were listening. I want to read it. Um, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. I mean, you ever, that's just, I think that's cool because of this. Um, it's amazing when you go through those breaking points, other people around you looking and watching you and listening, seeing what you're going to do. Is that God and Jesus you've been talking about? On Sunday, is that going to apply on Monday? Is that going to apply on Thursday? Is that going to apply when you find out that things are not going well? They're listening. <laughs> and, you know, some people say, okay, are you, are you going to curse God or are you going to praise God? And they're watching you. They're looking at you. And they're looking at me. What's going to come out? What's going to come out? Let's look at the next verse. Verse 26. This is so cool. Okay, they're in jail. They've been beaten. And suddenly, everybody said the word Suddenly. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. <laughs> Wait, now think about this. You have been beaten, you're in prison, and what do you There's an 8.5. I mean, isn't that Murphy's Law? I mean, daggum. I mean, I would be so frustrated, I would be angry. It says, there was a great earthquake, and the prison, prison was shaken to its foundations. I mean, they've already had one breaking point, and it's like, we're going to break you a little bit. You know, look at it. It's just frustrating. But look at this. All the doors flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. God used the breaking point of the earthquake as a breakthrough point to get them out of their chains. Hear me today. You may have some chains in your life, and God's going to have to shake some stuff up. He's going to have to bring you to some breaking points so that you can become free. He's going to have to turn your life upside down so that you can become free. And that's never fun. Earthquakes are never fun. But God wants you to be free in Him. We've been talking about this for the past ten weeks in Galatians. He wants you to be free. Now, we get to the point of why God allows breaking points. I mean, so, they've been thrown in jail, beaten, earthquake, the chains are off. And look at this next verse, verse 27. The jailer woke up. Uh-oh, he was sleeping. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed... <laughs> 
He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Now, what, what's going on here? In that day and age, Roman soldiers, if you lost one soldier, excuse me, one prisoner on your watch, you were supposed to be killed. So he's thinking, well, I'm just going to save him the trouble. So he's, he draws a sword. He's getting ready to kill himself. Look at, But Paul shouted to him, Don't do it! Don't do it! We are all here. <coughs> and trembling with fear, the jailer called for the lights and ran down to the dungeon and fell before Paul and Silas. Now look at this next part. He brought, he brought them out and then he asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What in the world? You think, where in the world does that come from? This is why God allowed Paul and Silas to experience a breaking point. Because Paul's breaking point was going to be the Roman jailer's breakthrough point. This is why the the, the Roman soldier didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and Paul didn't know that. But now he's able to see through a little bit of hindsight and perspective, this is the reason why I'm in jail. This is the reason why I've been beaten. Paul didn't know that piece of information. But, but once time passes, you see. And see, that's why I see with my breaking point that I've shown you about. If God hadn't have done some stuff, if God hadn't allowed that stuff to happen in my past, I would never be here today. You know, we started one church for people who struggle with church and people who have been beat up by the church. And that's been me. And that's been many of you. God allows breaking points to be breakthrough points in my life, in other people's lives, and in your life, but you can't give up. You can't give up. Uh, Verse 31, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is how you get saved. He says, What must I do to be saved? Paul says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved along with your entire household. Then they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household. That's cool. Not only did the jailer have a relationship with Jesus, had a breakthrough point, but his entire family. That's cool. Now, verse 33. The same hour, that same hour, that same hour when? When he was singing, praising, and in bondage. That same hour, the jailer washed their wounds. Now, look at this. The person who threw him in jail is the one, the person now washing his wounds. That's cool. Washed his wounds, and he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. Then they brought him into his house and set a meal before him. Paul and Silas were in bondage in the inner dungeon, and now they're eating fried chicken. All right, with mashed potatoes. Y'all getting hungry yet? Yes, Lord. All right, keep on going. He, look at this. Now look at this last part. He and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. That would have never happened had Paul not been thrown into prison. He and his entire household rejoiced. That would have never happened had Paul and Silas not been beaten. He and his entire household rejoiced, and they all believed in God. Would have never happened if earthquake hadn't happened. So you're asking yourself, why? Why do things happen? Why are breaking points happening in your life? It could be that God wants to use you greatly, but He cannot use you greatly unless He hurts you deeply. God is not finished with you. He's not through with you. Your ministry is not over. God is pushing you through there, and He's saying, I have a plan for you. Yes, you. I have a plan for you, even though it didn't, your job didn't end out the way it's supposed to end up. I have a plan for you. 
Because breaking points can become breakthrough points, but you cannot give up. Fact of life, breaking points happen. No one's immune to it. You're not immune to it. I'm not immune to it. Gotham City wasn't immune to it. And even the Batman is not immune to it. Let's watch this next clip. Locks as well. Everything. Anything I can leave back to Lucius or Rachel. People are dying, Alfred. What would you have me do? Endure, Master Wayne. Take it. They'll hate you for it, but that's the point of Batman. He can be the outcast. He can make the choice that no one else can make. The right choice. Oh, today I found out what Batman can't do. He can't endure this. Today you get to say I told you so. Today I, I don't want to. You know, Bruce Wayne, Batman, is at his breaking point, And Alfred gave him some good advice. You endure. You don't give up. James chapter 1 verse 2 says this about breaking points. Dear brothers and sisters, if Paul was a southerner, he'd say, y'all, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your, what's that next word? Endurance. Your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You know, God's saying, yeah, there may be some hard times. You may be experiencing some trials and some breakthrough points. But God wants to make you perfect and complete. He wants to test your faith like, like it's fire purifies and tests gold. He wants, he wants to make you complete. He wants to make you Christ-like. But you've got to endure. Some of you right now, you're like, I don't know if I can. I don't know. How can I do it? I'll tell you how you do it. You live today. And then you go to bed tonight, and you wake up, and you do tomorrow. And you take your problems and your trials and all this junk, and you take it to God. And you sing and you pray to Him. And then you live another day. And then you live another day. And you do that enough, you're going to be able to look back, and you're going to say, I remember when. I remember when the darkness was just, was, it was just too dark. But the dawn is here. You have hope. You have peace. But it doesn't happen in the moment. It happens when you step back and you see God's hand at work. Let's pray. With, with your eyes closed, some of you right now, you're just like that jailer. The reason why you're at this breaking point is because God wants to begin a relationship with you. God wants to begin a relationship with you. And sometimes it just can't happen unless we endure a breaking point. If that's you, you can do that today. You can do that this morning. Begin this relationship. It involves you praying and talking to Him. 
It involves you admitting that you're a sinner and that your life is literally tumbling out of control. It's falling to pieces. If that's you, you can pray a prayer like this. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know without you, my world is crumbling all around me. Dear Jesus, I need you to save me. I need you to step into this situation. Just as we read in Acts, Lord, if we believe in Jesus Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved. So, Lord, right now, I put my faith, my hope, my trust in you. And when I do that, when I gaze into the eyes of a big God, my big, my big problems become so small. Christian, there may be some of you here today that you have a relationship with God, but you're just struggling. You're at the end of your rope. The wife, the husband, your spouse just doesn't know what's going to be next for you. Don't give up, friend. Don't give up. Endure. God wants to make you perfect and complete. God wants to purify you and your faith. Don't give up. Your breaking points will become breakthrough points if you don't give up. Jesus, thank you so much for allowing me. And Lord, I don't think I, I don't say this enough, and I, I couldn't say it three years ago, allowing me to go through the stuff I had went through, Lord, so that I can see a breakthrough moment. You are faithful. And you get the glory. Lord, I know there's some friends of mine who are in the middle of those dark times. And we just don't see perspective in the darkness. But I pray that you would show yourselves faithful to me. This is what we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.